0: The game is over when the final buzzer sounds.
1: The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Reed Wilkins. Wilkins. On, on Oilers, Oilers Radio.
0: 6.30, Chad. By goaltender Cam Talbot sends, picking up tourist centers. Hoffman shoots and scores. Wired it upstairs from inside the right circle. 3-0 Ottawa. Hoffman's got two tonight. And the route was on. The Ottawa Senators crushed the Edmonton Oilers 6-1 tonight at Rogers Place. The Oilers, three days of hard, intense, detailed practice, and yet they look worse than they did before those practices. They fell behind 2-0. It took them eight and a half minutes to even muster a shot on goal tonight. They continue to look sloppy in their own end offensively. They had difficulty stringing passes together. They didn't show any finish on the few chances they were able to muster and it's a three-game losing streak and a one-and-three start. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins, Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Rob Brown is here as well. Our phone number is 780-496-0063 and we'll get to some calls in a couple of minutes here. You'll also have post-game reaction from both dressing rooms as the center Predators, by the way, are now 3-0-2 to start the season. They won in Vancouver on Tuesday, 3-2 in a shootout. They crushed the flames 6-0 last night, and then they keep rolling with a 6-1 here tonight. Along the course of that, they have a shutout streak of 141 minutes and 35 seconds. They allowed a goal with about five minutes left in the second period in Vancouver didn't allow anything in the third or overtime, shut out the Flames, and then Adam Larson gets a goal here with just under nine minutes to go. But, Rob, as, as well as the Senators played, and they do deserve credit, that is uh, an Oilers team looking very rattled and very disorganized.
2: Yes, it certainly is. You know, you got an Ottawa team that started the season without their all-world player in Carlson, and they could have easily have folded and just looking at the the way their season start, their schedule, and they don't. They rally around it. Well, the Oilers have got some injuries themselves, and they're the team that looks rattled. They're the team that had three days of practice and, and, and did all the things they were supposed to do in practice, and they said all the things that they were supposed to say in, in the media, and then come out, and they don't put it onto the ice. The, the things that have plagued them early in the season, they continue tonight. Um, no look passes. Uh, trying to beat guys at the blue line, turning the puck over, missed assignments in their own zone, Uh, things that you did not see very often last year and you certainly didn't see at the end of the season when they were having success, you're seeing it right now. And last year, Tom McClellan has talked about it this year, said the Oilers on certain nights outscored their mistakes. Well, right now they're not outscoring their mistakes and they're not getting the big saves on those mistakes. And that's why they're on a three-game losing streak. So our adjustment of the game for Alberta's
0: chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. We'll be everything because there was not a a single aspect of the Oilers game that was good enough tonight. Though we should give props to Kyler Yamamoto, who played a pretty energetic game. The 19-year-old first-round draft pick for the Oilers did pick up his first career point. It obviously will not be celebrated to the extent it would have been had the Oilers won tonight. He finishes with six shots on goal in 18 and a half minutes and we'll give Yamamoto our fourth star of the game for Missionary Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. Obviously the three stars, all Senators. You could have picked a few of them, but uh, the Sportsnet crew going with Hoffman, Turris, and Condon in that order. Ottawa clearly the better team this evening. alright eight zero four 780-496-0063. We'll start the phone calls with Harrison tonight. Hi, Harrison.
3: How you doing tonight, Reid? Yeah, we're doing well good so I didn't watch the game tonight
4: I listened to most on the radio but uh, I went to the game uh, uh, the last game and uh, they got completely outplayed by Winnipeg and it sounded like the the same kind of thing uh, tonight Um, I would have done the same thing by uh, putting uh, a V2 in you know Uh, uh, but he looked no better than uh, Benning
3: really Um, so do you think that uh, Shirley's gonna go out and find a D-man now
0: Well, that's a good question. I I, I think that's on the table. Um, I shouldn't say it's on the table. I'm sure it's it's somewhere in his thought process. He was asked about that before the season, and and he said, you know, I haven't been looking for a D-man through a trade. If he winds up getting someone off the waiver wire, here's the thing. That's going to be a bottom-pairing defenseman. So I don't think there's any – Rob, maybe you see it differently. Tell me if I'm wrong. I don't know if there's any white knight defenseman coming in. I mean, you're not going to get an Andre Sekra caliber defenseman uh, off waivers. And is there a significant trade to be had in the first third of the season should the Oilers not improve? Often there isn't.
2: No, I, they're not. The problem for the Oilers right now is they're not deep enough at any position where they can afford to get the a, a top four type defenseman. They've got, they're gonna try and get through this and wait for Sakura to get back into the lineup. When he gets back, that really solidifies their back end. What they really need is the players that are here to play up to their, their abilities. You know, uh, Matt Benning, we saw what he did last year. When he's playing well, you don't have to worry about another defenseman. When Darnell Nurse is playing the way he can, you don't have to worry about it. The problem for them right now is they're playing up in the lineup. Uh, they're playing against better competition, Benning through the first three games, Nurse tonight, and, and it's going to be a learning experience. But to, to me, the Matt Benning not playing to what they're expecting or, or Griba or OV to, that is not why the Oilers are 1-3 on the season. You know, that is part of it. But there is a lot of other players that are playing below the caliber that the others need them to play. Mm-hmm. So, uh, again, as you just said, Reed, getting a defenseman right now, you're getting a, a Band-Aid. And you're getting a Band-Aid that's a five, six, seven defenseman. Because if you're getting a guy off the waivers, he's not good enough to play in the top six of the team that he's coming from. So you're not getting someone that's going to be markedly better than what they have already.
0: Yeah, and and I th- and first of all, completely valid question by Harrison. Yep. Because they're 1-3, and, and they're not... Like they're not one in three, where oh my God, they the opposing goalies have stolen games, or they outplayed a team and lost on a crazy bounce of the glass. Like they are legitimately getting outplayed, outsmarted in and, three of the and four games. Hayden, in three, of the yep. three, like they did not. Uh, and quite frankly, they've probably gotten worse in each game. And you look at the scores after two periods: three-one in Vancouver, four-two against the Jets, and 3 0 tonight. And again, they're not losing in overtime. They're not losing on no. a go with them. Like they—they're playing uphill. The, you know, they're—they're they're in dire straits going to the third. And I—and I think, sure, questions about the defense. This is a this is a team-wide mm-hmm. issue right now. I, I think some of it is mental. I think some of it is confidence, and. Yes, there are a lot of scoring chances against, but I, I, I wouldn't pin those all on the two defense. I mean, especially the Winnipeg game. I mean, there, there was sloppy plays by the forwards, not getting the puck deep. And you mentioned it today. And again, this, it was probably worse than the Winnipeg game. Passes to nobody. Blind-toed like, who, who, passes. Who are you pa- you, you'd yeah. see the puck go, and you're like, who was that meant for?
2: Well, I mean, they had twice on their own power play where they had guys with the puck on their stick making a pass to nobody and looking there. So, I mean, if you go top to bottom, go through their lineup, I don't think anyone in that dressing room will say they're playing up to their expectations. Nobody. From top to bottom, nobody's playing up to their expectations. That was four games into the season. Uh, I don't think you push the panic button, but there's certainly things that need to be cleaned up because the one thing that we know in the Western Conference that it is a very competitive conference, and the the end-of-the-year playoff race comes down to one, two, three points between making the playoffs and being on the outside. You do not want to give games away, and the Oilers had a fairly favorable schedule to start this season off and they have not taken advantage of it yet.
0: 6-1. The Senators cruise past the Oilers tonight. It was 6-0 before Larson finally got a garbage-time goal. If you're on hold, we are going to get to you. Let's go downstairs for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. Here's head coach Todd McClellan. Todd, uh,
5: I mean, what do you stock
0: up that start to, and what did you see? Well, we obviously,
1: we didn't play well tonight, not uh, anywhere near... What I think our abilities are, and um, a lot of it was just fundamentals—you um, know, fundamental passing, fundamental board work. Penalty kill was poor. So, um, what we got out of the week, I thought we had a, a better physical effort. We uh, we actually skated and tried to uh, to create, but the polish around our play and the fundamentals that go into a game, um, night in and night out, uh, were very. Uh, Rusty, if you will. Are Cam Talbot's results the byproduct of the way the team going in front of him, or is he? I think we're all in this together. Um, you know, we're in it from the from the goal crease. We're in through the blue line, uh, the forwards, and the and the staff. So everybody's in it together. We all have a little piece to play in it. Um, you know, there's been. Uh, times where, where we needed a save but there's also been times where he's made some saves so uh, we have to reward him at the other end and we've got to play uh, much more sound defensively than we are right now. We're only four games into the season uh, but this is a pretty deep hole you guys are in how concerned are you? Well it depends how you are defining the hole like if you're defining it by standings and points uh, I wouldn't consider it that deep um, if you're defining it based on our play and and our fundamentals, uh, we are deep. Um, so I guess there's two ways of looking at it. I'm concerned uh, because I think we need to play the game faster. I think we have to have uh, uh, much more polish in our game than we're seeing right now. Um, you know, there's uh, we're torn between not scoring and uh, giving up too many. And uh, I believe the scoring part will come eventually. It's the defensive part that has to get better. Your power
2: play last year was excellent. Three, four
4: games. You know, I haven't produced a lot, but I haven't created a ton. What aren't you
1: seeing on your power plays four games? Well, to me, we don't we're, we don't really have that threat of the shot right now. Uh, whether it was Test or, or Clough last year, we seem to want to play, uh, you know, from those shooting spots back over to Connor and then uh, make plays off of that. And uh, uh, we're too predictable. The the shot attempts that we had tonight, I think we missed the net and had uh, a number blocked that, that totaled a mere 40 and that just means you're playing a little too slow. Uh, you're not passing the puck very clean, and somebody has to overhandle it, whether that's five on five or on the power play, but we, uh, we've we got to get better in those areas.
5: Good and bad. But Yamamoto was one of your best players. He he's, was. He was 19 years old, and he, he stepped up, and he had little
1: offensive. Yeah, he was... Uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, you look for bright spots um, on a tough night, and he w- would have been one of them. I thought he... Uh, he played very fast. He played quick. Uh, he had his nose over the puck in and around the blue paint a number of times. Um, had an impact on the game offensively and didn't hurt his defense. What do you think of be, be, Uh You know, first game, he skates well. You know, it's hard to give anybody a passing grade when you lose 6-1. So I'm not going to sit here and evaluate our whole team. So. Good. Good. Okay.
0: Thank you. All right, that's head coach Todd McClellan, and a lot of talk there about the Oilers lacking a lot of fundamentals, not playing fast enough, and uh, he was asked a question about Cam Talbot and pretty much just said we're, we're all in this together, and he said the power play struggling right now, no threat of a shot, and he did say there are shooters on the power play who, who aren't firing away. So it adds up right now to a three-game losing streak for the Oilers, 6-1 the damage tonight. Ottawa taking it after a 6 nothing win in Calgary last night, so they roll through Alberta. One goal for a $25 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation from Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. The total now up to $200 on the season. Reid Wilkins, Rob Brown at Rogers Place, 780-496-0063. We have our old buddy Jared standing by. Hey, Jared, go ahead. Hi,
4: Reid. Hey. Um, I just got a comment about uh, tonight's game, and and uh, there's a lot of talk about the Oilers being outworked, but I really think their forward group as a whole is actually quite slow, one of the slower units in the NHL. And I think we often get blinded by Connor McDavid's speed, and we think the Oilers are so fast. But off the forecheck, they really have no consequence. They're, they're, they're good when they're down low. They're good getting into the zone off the rush. But, you know, you look at Maroon Slope. Lucic is slow. Strom doesn't have good speed. When is in the lineup, he doesn't have great speed. Jokinen, the tester, they do not have a lot of speed. So that's why I think with Yamamoto, can you afford to take him out of the lineup and put somebody in slower? And there's always talk about trading Nugent Hopkins. Well, Nugent Hopkins has looked very good. He's, he's skating well, but you put him, trade him for someone that's, that's slower. And I think that's why Cassian is up on the second line, because he has some speed. And also, just last comment is that when I think when Shirelli built this team, LA, the St. Louis heavy teams, he kept using that term heavy. They were dominating, but Pittsburgh dominated. They're not a heavy team. They play very hard. They're on all the loose putts, and you know everyone says, well, we used to have this speed all the time. Well, it's a fine line, and I think maybe the pendulum has swung too far, where they look, they look lead footed out there. They have no pop and hop off the forecheck, and I think their bread and butter was. They play a very defensive, uh, patient style. And then they were getting the key goaltending last year, and they capitalized on the opportunities. And just one question for Rob. You always use the term, Rob, short in the ice. What exactly do you mean by that?
2: So, I mean, first of all, everything you said, uh, spot on. I thought that was very well said, and I agree with a lot of what you said there. When you shorten the ice, so if the Edmonton Oilers are breaking out of their own zone, and they're carrying the puck up the ice and at the red line they try to make a fancy play and turn the puck over now all of a sudden the Ottawa Senators are starting at the red line. So they've shortened the ice. They're not forcing getting the puck in deep and forcing Ottawa to come the length of the ice to make a play. So when you turn the puck over at your own blue line or at centre, you've shortened the ice. Now that team only has to come halfway to get a scoring opportunity. Tonight a lot of the times that's what the Oilers were doing. They were trying to make a play, and they would turn the puck over just outside their blue line. All of a sudden, here comes Ottawa. So they only have to go about 10, 15 feet before they can make a scoring opportunity. So that's what I mean by shortening the ice. So just like a quick transition. Yeah, transi- and Yeah. so that's another. They transitioned very quickly, and the Oilers played right into it because they turned the puck over. Now, about your points about the speed, that's something that Todd McClellan talked about in his talk after the game. He said, we, we were too slow. And the Oilers don't have the speed that they had before. They've, they've taken some of the skilled, fast players out of their lineup, moved them on, and they've got bigger, stronger guys to compete, as you said, against the LA's, the St. Louis's, teams like that. Well, teams are getting faster, and this is a fast league nowadays. And if you are a big, heavy team, then you've got to play into your strengths. And when you turn the puck over in the neutral zone, you're in trouble because the transition team of an Ottawa, which is fast, you're not going to be able to catch them. So if you're a big, heavy team, you've got to get to the red line dump the pucks in, get them into the corner, rim them hard around so that your big wingers, that gives them the extra second to get to the puck, and then you can be have the advantage because now your size is going to take over. So they did not play into their strength of big and strong. They tried playing a fast game, and as you said, they don't have the speed to play that fast game on some of their wings.
0: Well, and it is, I think you're right but also Todd has said you can play fast and precise without being Connor McDavid right no. and the, and the puck management and the passing is eliminating that aspect of okay let's pass 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 we're through the neutral zone and we're in because they're throwing it away
2: I agree but the the Oilers don't have the the speed on the wings to play that fast transition game where they're going to that's how they're going to beat you the ottawa centers that's how they're going to beat you because they don't have the big guys down low so they're going to use their speed on the outside get it to the outside let him fly by the defenseman the Oilers have to go through defensemen so uh you got to play to your strengths. and the strengths for the Oilers, a lot of them are to get the puck in deep and work the forecheck and we didn't see near enough of that tonight
0: 6-1 the senators cruise past the oilers tonight I can also tell you earlier today on 6:30, 30 Chad, we had a doubleheader. The Edmonton Eskimos with a last-minute touchdown from Darrell Walker. They beat Toronto 30-27 to improve to 9-6. They clinch a playoff spot. We don't know what division they're going to wind up playing in with still three games to go. Corey Jones sealing the victory with a late interception of Ricky Ray. Actually, John Chick. Quickly, Rob, I don't know if you knew this. They acquired John Chick from Hamilton, and... He was playing for the Eskimos when their losing streak started. He was scratched last week when the Eskimos won in Montreal. This was the first game all year that John Chick actually <laughs> played in that his team won. He,
2: he was excited in the dressing. So think- actually, we watched the game up here during the the beginning of before the oil Star. It was a good that was a good football game. Exciting. I'm not sure if it was. Uh, the coaches on either team would be excited about the way it was all went through, but a very exciting game to watch, and the Edmonton Eskimos come back late and win it.
0: Well, and on the game-winning drive, they had a third and ten and got about a 30-yard pass to, to Zilstra. And they also.
2: They also got a very uh, timely penalty call, pass interference late in the game Yeah, I wouldn't
0: want to be a defensive back in the CFL (laughs) because uh, you breathe on a guy, they're going to throw a flag. But that's maybe a discussion for Inside Sports on Monday night. 780-496-0063. We're going to get to Cam Talbot in a second here, but let's bring Jim onto the open line. Hey, Jim, it's good to hear from you. Thanks for staying up and giving us a call.
3: Hi, guys. How are you doing? Doing well. Uh, Really, really quick question here. Um, As a fan, I get very, very, very frustrated at watching these doofuses, the referees. Like, if you're going to be consistent, be consistent. I mean, don't call one thing in the first period and let them go in the third period.
2: Yeah, and well, it's, it's, you, You're right, and I think that's something that all players, coaches, they want. They want consistency. They want to be able to know in the first five minutes of the game how the ref is going to call it and then stay that way the entire game. Having said that, I don't think refing had anything to do in tonight's outcome.
3: Oh, no, 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 by no means. But I think you're, but you're went, right. I think they went to sleep and they just didn't wake up.
2: <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> Unfortunately, that might be part of it, yes. <laughs> you guys have yourselves a good night.
0: okay, we appreciate it jim seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three cam Talbot tough outing for him again. he gets pulled after allowing four goals on twenty three shots his comments for g c l diesel serving oil country for forty five years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices
1: they're hoping for a better result Did
5: you see uh just not good enough. We got down early. A couple of bad decisions on my part and put us in a hole and against a team like that, it uh, tightens it up pretty quick and they're right on top. you coming through the neutral zone to make you give up the puck and, and go after it again. It makes it tough to create chances. So uh, against a team like that, you can't get down early and, and uh, we got in a hole and we can dig ourselves out. How do you find your game here, Kevin? Uh... I just got to keep working on it. I mean, just little reads in the game and stuff like that are are, uh, are costing us, and it's, it's, it's on me, it's on anyone else, and um, there's something I could have done differently in the three first goals, so um, guys expect me to make those saves, and I got to start making them. You go through the week like you did this week. Lots of practice, lots of talk from the coach, lots of talking here, and mm-hmm. to have a result like that, <clears throat> how deflating is that for the group? How do you bounce back from that? Oh, uh, yeah, we just have to, Learn another lesson here, and, and have another good day. A couple of days of practice, and be ready to go on Tuesday. It's not going to get any easier from here. Carolina plays kind of the same system. It's going to be tough to come through the zone against them too. But uh, we're going to have to do a good job of uh, creating some chances and uh, just get right back on the horse. Read that, Ken Talbot.
0: Brendan Ulrich, busy guy today. He worked the Eskimos' sidelines. He worked the Eskimos' locker room. Now he's in the Oilers' dressing room after their 6-1 loss. To the Ottawa Senators. What are you pointing out here? Mike Condon, Ottawa goalie, got an assist
2: tonight. And three giveaways. I'm not sure I've ever seen a goaltender be given giveaways on the stat sheets afterwards. Wow. okay. He was a busy night, I, and he was excellent tonight. You think coming in against the Ottawa Senators, you're not getting Anderson. You know what? This is a good night for us. We're not getting their starter, and Condon comes in and was outstanding for the Ottawa Senators. Tonight. He was very, very good. All right,
0: 6-1, Ottawa
2: takes it. They got
0: two in the first, one in the second, and then three in the third before Adam Larson finally scored for the Oilers. And if you're just joining us, we touched on it a little bit off the top. I mean, the Oilers, after these three days of practice, you hope they're going to come out really excited, eager to play, show some details, and they trailed 2-0, nine thirty-one into the game, and it took them eight and a half minutes to get their first shot on goal. So it was, uh, they, they jumped into that hole really, really early tonight.
2: Yeah, and it was odd. I, I said before the game talking with Bob that it was always hard coming into a, a city to play a game against a team that either had been called out by their coaching staff or, or, as, as this team did, had the the five days off, and they had the practices, and everyone's talking about it, and we're going to get more detailed. It was hard playing those teams, because you knew they were going to come out hard. They've been embarrassed, and, and they're going to come out and prove to their coaches, to their fans, whoever. And the Oilers come out in the first shift, they have a fight, a, a great fight by Lucic. Now you think, all right, there's the Cattles, that's going to get this team going. And they just got away from their game and they just silly things on the ice with the giveaways, uh, not getting pucks in deep, not getting pucks out, turnovers, blind passes, silly penalties, things that just kill you in the National Hockey League and what we saw tonight is an Ottawa team that's got some skill up front that will make you pay and the Ottawa Senators scored some beautiful goals tonight, like beautiful goals and the Edmonton Oilers when they had their opportunities weren't able to capitalize. So
0: 6-1 is the final, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Cam standing by. Hello, Cam. Welcome to the show. Hello? Yeah, Cam, go ahead, buddy. How's it going, boys? Yeah, we're doing good. Thanks for calling.
6: Right on. So I was just going to make a few observations here, and then uh, I'll just let you guys kind of go on with the show here. But I guess my first thing is, uh, well, the CFL. It's never been better. So that's a great, great uh, game today. And I'm a big NFL guy, but, man, I'll tell you right now, the CFL has been rivaling the NFL, so it's a great astute observation. It's been a great league this year. Um, As far as the goaltending goes, I've always been uh, of the the mindset of a person Rob would know quite well. Ken Hitchcock said one time that – that good goaltending is worth fifty percent of a win and bad goaltending is worth a hundred percent of a loss.
7: <laughs> do
6: you remember that one, Rob? You must say.
2: Uh, well the Hitches had a lot of different sayings, but yeah, I do and yeah, I've heard him say that and, yeah, yeah. and it's true. It's yeah. true.
6: Yeah. So I mean we had we had, you know, Talbot, I think what I would say is he's probably probably hung over. He's he's exhausted last year and then you know it's like anything else you start the school year or you start the you know the work year or whatever it is you come off the summer and if you ever look at the 12-month calendar you go oh, can i do this like am i really going to be able to do this so i had i had a little bit of trouble with the hard line todd mcclellan knows his team great coach you know but the hard line talking through the media you know That kind of thing, whatever. We don't know what goes on behind closed doors. It's coach speak in the media, whatever. The three days of bag skates, I I have a tremendous issue with that at this stage of the game with a bunch of guys that just went to war for you, like exceeded expectations and went to war for you. I don't like it personally at this stage of the game, but that's up to him. But what I can tell you from what I saw tonight is it looks like it looks like a, an Adam hockey team. And, Rob, I've never heard the term shorten the ice before. It's, it's great. And that caller that called in a couple calls ago was brilliant. And, and um, that, that makes a lot of sense because one of the points that I was going to make is it's almost like Adam hockey right now watching these guys. You get that, you get that lead pass. You know, you, you gain the zone. You gain a neutral zone. And then next thing you know, you've got, you got one guy ahead of everybody else. There's no puck support or anything like that. And I think the identity of trying to score off the rush, which was created last year with the, the fast team and the more skilled team, I just don't think this team's going to be able to score off the rush. I don't think they have it in them to score off the rush. So, um, you know, they're going to have to make some adjustments there. But I, I just really hope McClellan, who I love, I just hope he takes a deep breath and realizes that maybe he needs to adjust Talbot's schedule a little bit. Maybe there's a little bit of an ominous feeling for him. It's overwhelming to him. He's looking going, oh man, can I do this again? Just chill out with the guys. Maybe it's a little TLC. And I'm a hard-ass, but I'll tell you right now, a little bit of TLC. Give him a break. Maybe give him a few days off and see what happens. Because I don't think the tough love thing worked this week. I really don't.
2: Um, I, I think the tough love it might got overplayed a little bit in, in the in then media. I think it wasn't when, when you say bag skate, I know what a bag skate is. Yeah, they,
0: they were very structured. I was at all three of them. They, yeah. they were very structured. Two, uh, Wednesdays, the first day back, was the most intense and, and punishing, and, and I'm even hesitant to use that word, but that was the they still work on specific things and then they do some battling and some skating but it wasn't just an hour of skating until you throw up
2: yeah no so it it, it was just it was a hard practice where there a lot of time during the regular season practice more or less is just to skate just to keep the guys fresh As the season goes on, there's not as much coaching, not as much teaching and practice because you just don't have the days because there is a lot of rest. If you're going to teach, it's at the beginning of the season and the other schedule allowed for it. So uh, these players, uh, the shape players are in nowadays, this wouldn't have affected them because the way they played tonight was just like they played the two games previous that was before this five-day stretch. It was the same style of hockey, the same mistakes being made. Um... Cam Talbot should not be fatigued right now. I understand giving him time off as the season goes on, don't play him as much as you did last year, but I don't believe it's fatigue right now that has allowed Cam to get pulled in in two games already. It's just right now this team is a little off, and the things that were clicking for them last year are not clicking for them right now. They have a chance to reset, and, and when they, had, they lost the last game, I used to hate losing a game when you had a long stretch off because it just sucked coming to the arena day after day after day without a chance to go out there and make amends. I just hated that. Now, if you have a bad game like they do tonight, you want to play as quick as possible. You want to get out there because you feel guilty, and you want to get back out there and try and change the feeling in the dressing room. So I think it's better for the Oilers to get out there as quick as possible and not have another long stretch.
0: Well, their next game's on Tuesday when they play Carolina. We'll have it for you on Chad 530 Face-Off Show, 7 o'clock. For the drop of the puck, six-one. The Senators rolling over the Oilers tonight. Let's go. Uh, well, let's go back to the phone lines here, and then we'll hear from Connor McDavid. But we have Bob standing by. Bob, I'll tell you what. You've already got an eight-day parking pass to JetSet U Park. Brought to you by JetSet Parking. Park cheap and easy. Visit JetSetParking.com. We'll have some fun with finish the play at the end of your call. But what's on your mind here?
3: Well, there's some positives. I mean, the Oilers were in this game right up to the national anthem, so that was good. <laughs> uh, I want to a couple things, and uh, I think mathematically they're still in the hunt for the playoffs, but seriously, one of you fellas said there's no time to panic yet. Well, I feel just that this is a time to panic, and I think the problems arise. Now, I played a lot of sports in junior and university days, and uh, it's mental. These guys, uh, there's been sports pundits all over the nation either saying they're going to win the Stanley Cup or they're going to be in the Stanley Cup. These athletes, uh, they may deny, oh, we never look at the paper or we never follow the media, but they've just set themselves up, they being the Oilers for a target. Every team coming in here or meeting them in their own barn, they're going to be so up against them. And I just don't think these guys, right now, anyway, uh, our guys aren't, aren't, they're just not quite right. They're maybe resting on some laurels from last year, and you start believing all this crap, and all of a sudden, you know, we don't have to maybe foot out or work as hard, because everybody said we're okay, we're really, really good. Now, I'm just saying, I'm not a sports psychologist or anything, but I think it starts with the mental aspect of their game. I think the management and coaching staff have done a superb job of uh, getting all the pieces in place here, you know, uh, trading and acquiring, re signing people, yada bing, yada boom, but uh, physically, and uh, they're there. And uh, these guys that say, well, they don't have the speed, the breakout, just watch some of these games in the playoffs last year. And maybe the coaching staff should show them, put together a package of clips, spend more time in the game room, and point out, now look what you guys did last year at the playoff run. Yeah. What's happy that we can't repeat this?
2: Oh, well, yeah. You're, you're right. And First of all, all players read every newspaper. All players listen to every radio show. All players watch the news. And when they say they don't, they're lying because we always did. We wanted to see what was being said, what was being written. And it is much easier being an underdog with low expectations than it is to be in the favorite and with high expectations it, it's way easier less pressure going onto the ice when people are excited if you do something good instead of when everyone's expecting you to do something good so you're absolutely right with all those and for the first time in a long time the Oilers have expectations so it, it's tougher that way uh and as far as you said that the coaching staff putting stuff together video the the one thing that and again i can only relate to when i played when i was struggling your a coach would put together uh, a clip of of about you know a, a two or three minute stretch of me making good plays, and oh, I would sit and watch
3: it. Just that's what I'm alluding to. Yeah,
2: absolutely, and that that is true, and I'm sure that's being done because you it, athletes uh, are, are humans, and they get up and get down just like anyone else. And confidence is so huge in pro sports, and sometimes just watching yourself do good things allows you to feel good about yourself going into a practice, going into a game, and sometimes that's all you need. All right, Bob, here's the clue
0: for finish the play. Kellen, where have you cooked up? A late hit, and Borviansky went right after Lucic. He eats a couple of straight right hands, but lands a couple of right hooks, and they're trading serious lumber. All right, uh, the finish the play tonight is Spell Borvietsky.
3: <laughs> okay, guys, give me, you got to give me a couple things here. I uh, This would be a guess because I uh, shut off the game and started watching Gilligan Island uh, he's, he's, reruns, so I'll have to take a guess here. Okay. So what, what is it you want me to finish? you got to
0: Spell borvietsky That's to finish the play.
3: Oh, okay, well, okay, did, okay. Lucci not the guy unconscious. I don't know what what it is. is.
0: There was there a goal? Bob, you 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 already got the uh, eight day parking pass, so that's 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 good.
3: Guess what? I'd like you to reroute that to the uh, uh, um, the children's uh, diabetic thing, if you would do that. Throw a donation in there instead of that, because I like to help folks out. If you guys can have the world to do that, let's go with that.
0: Okay, thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. B o r o w i e c k i. Yeah, I never would have guessed that. I, I'm, look, I, I'm looking I, at I the sheet. To, I had to read it off the game it sheet. That was a
2: good fight. Yeah, it do, it's not pronounced the way it's spelled, spelled no, either. it's not as bad as uh, Nets cash I Remember? hate that one. Necker, isn't it? Yeah, it was spelled Necker. Yeah, Necker. It would have been easier if you would have spelled Borshevsky's first name, Mark.
0: 7804960063. 6 1 Senators crush the Oilers tonight. On the Advantage Trailer Rental Scoreboard, the Oil Kings with a late rally to win 4 3 in Swift Current, the Oilers farm team. Bakersfield losing 4 nothing to Tucson. Mentioned the Eskimos are in the playoffs. 30-27 win over the Argos. Baseball playoffs, Astros 2, Yankees 1. They lead the best of seven, ALCS 2-0. Dodgers over Rob Brown's Cubs 5-2 to win game one. Uh, Cubs manager's Joe Madden. I just saw he was mad about something that happened in that game. I'll have yeah, to watch the highlights. I,
2: I watched it. it was a, a guy was called out at home, and then they overturn it because they said the Cubs catcher blocked the plate. Terrible call. Terrible call.
0: NHL, Kings over the Sabres 4-2. The Sabres are 0-4-1 to start the year. Islanders beat the Sharks 3-1. Jets over the Hurricanes 2-1. Carolina is here on Tuesday. Austin Matthews in overtime. He had two goals... Maple Leafs 4, Canadians 3. Lightning win at home 2 1 against St. Louis. Devils win 3 2 against the Rangers. The Flyers ringing up the Capitals 8 2. Penguins 4, Panthers 3. Stars knock off the Avs 3 1. Blue Jackets in overtime 5 4 over the Wild. Also in overtime, Chicago beats Nashville 2-1. Bruins win 6-2 in Arizona. The Coyotes are 0-4-1. The Flames get up to 4-2 on the season with a 5-2 win over the Canucks. And, of course, here in Edmonton, Senators 6, Oilers 1. You'll hear from Connor McDavid. We have Kent next on the phone line, 780-496-0063. Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast ah, Center.
1: From the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers
0: Radio, 6.30 check. Senators are able to chip it out, and the Oilers make a change in the four-on-four with 50 seconds to go. Here's Nugent Hopkins, a turnover, and it's a breakaway. In on net, Smith denied. Went back, canter glove sign and Bressois made the save. At Armor Insurance with your save of the game. Protect your car, home, and business with Armor at ArmorInsurance.ca. For the second time this season, Laurent Bressois relieves Cam Talbot. Talbot playing into the third period, allowing four goals on 23 shots. Brassois allowed two goals on eight shots. Ottawa in control from the outset tonight, and they hand it to the Edmonton Oilers 6-1. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reid Wilkins. It's 11:41. Really appreciate you tuning in tonight. Again, the Oilers' next game home to Carolina on Tuesday. Then they're going to go on the road for three. They are 1-3 and three to start the season. And before we go back to the phone lines, Rob, I, I'm not surprised the Oilers have lost some games. I'm a little surprised they're 1-3 and three out of the gate. I think what's maybe most stunning to me is the extreme contrast between how they played against the Flames and then the next three games. Now, the, the, key, the game against Calgary was an excellent game and is difficult to repeat, and I don't, I don't think Calgary had anywhere near their best game. But we have gone from the Oilers to playing as close to a 10-out-of-10 hockey game as we've seen them play in a while to playing games where if you were to grade them out of 10, you'd be lucky to give them a three in, any of the, in the last three games.
2: Yeah, you're right. I think part of it is the competition. I, I, I thought Calgary, we said right after the game, we were disappointed in the effort that the Flames put in because we were expecting uh, you know, this Calgary team to come in and push hard and be physical and emotional and tense, and it wasn't like that at all. And the Oilers just controlled the game right from the, the outset. I I think that maybe that game, the way it was so, went so well for the Oilers, you add the fact they had a pretty good preseason, everyone's talking about the success they had last year, how their expectations were that this, I mean, the Vegas odds have them as either number one or number two to win the Stanley Cup, and you sometimes read the press clippings and get away from what made you successful, and and Todd McCullen, he talked about it real early in the season, is you, you forgot how hard it is to win in this league. And I think that's what we've seen over the last few games, uh, the little dirty plays that, that you have to take the hit to make a pass, take a hit to get the puck outside the blue line, go to the front of the net, you know, take a cross check to, to get that extra rebound, drive the net, sometimes get, you know, railroaded right into the goal post, but you're driving the net, forcing the defenseman back because that's your job. Some of those little things aren't getting done right now. And it, it'll be addressed, and I'm sure it has been addressed. And I think as the losses pile up and, and the, the players look at it, say, okay, we got to get back to what we're being, doing to be successful because I, I don't think it's a crisis yet. But the Oilers play a very good Carolina team that we saw in the preseason. They were excellent here. Mm-hmm. And then they go on a, a tough three-game road trip. And I believe the first game after the road trip is the Washington Capitals, I believe. And then they have another home game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. They've got a tough stretch right now. So they do not want to, all of a sudden, this three-game losing streak turn into a six- or seven- or eight-game losing streak, something that you can't recover from. So they've got to get things straightened out quickly and back doing the right things to win hockey games.
0: Yeah, here's the rest of the month. Home to Carolina, at Chicago, Philly, and Pittsburgh, uh, home to Dallas and Washington. And then, yeah, Pittsburgh is November 1st. So, yeah, I mean, but I think you've got to assume they're all tough. No, I mean, the good teams assume they're all tough, and then if you you catch a team on an off night, maybe you you get a laugh.
2: Well, I mean, the the Dallas Stars, who people were expecting to be so good at the beginning of the season, they lose their their opener to the Las Vegas, uh, what is it, the Golden Knights? The Golden Knights. The Golden Knights, (laughs) who everyone expected to be 30th place in in the National Hockey League and have have already got three wins on the season. So you're right. I I think as the season unfolds, it usually um, starts to to see the difference between the good and the bad but on any given night if you don't bring your A game you can lose and this start for the Oilers was against teams that they have taken care of over the last number of years the the Calgary Flames the Vancouver Canucks the Winnipeg Jets uh, they've those were teams that they'd normally well, last dominate. year
0: they dominated Dom- the Western. They didn't dominate Ottawa. But. No, but and then the but, Ottawa yeah.
2: Senators coming in here without their superstar, Eric Carlson, and without their number one goaltender. Ne- it was
0: never close tonight. No, it wasn't. Like you never felt like, oh, here, the Oilers are getting back.
2: And, and, Reed that is the biggest thing that I've noticed this year. There were games last year where the Oilers had fallen behind early, but I never, ever thought that the Oilers were out of a game. I I always believed because of some of the offensive players they had that they were able to come back, and you always knew Talbot was going to make that save when you need it. In these last few games, I haven't had that same belief just from the way they have played leading up to it. They just don't have that... That swagger right now that they've had before, and the swagger that they had before was, we are going to win this game. We are going to show you what we can do. And right now, their swagger, instead of going into that offensive burst, is going into silly penalties and frustration. And that's something that Todd McClellan's going to want to get pushed in the right direction because it's good to have a swagger, but it's not good to get silly out there and put your team in a bigger hole.
0: Sins win six one seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Kent standing by. Hey, Kent, thanks for calling. Thanks. Um,
7: one of the things that I really, well, one of the positive things about tonight for me anyway was Nurse and Russell. I thought they were a really good pairing, or that at least they did well tonight. And I think that's your second pairing going forward, like, until Sekura comes back.
2: Um, the only problem the only problem with that, if you do that, then your third pairing is either going to be Ovito with Benning or Ovito with Griba. Or Greib and Benning both playing on their offside.
7: Yeah, but this is where this is where this is a management mistake. You know, this is um, this is a a franchise that, for whatever reason, we've not been able to always assess defensive talent well. You know, we basically gave Jeff Petrie away. Uh, We gave uh, Davidson. And both of those guys were on the on the ice tonight for Montreal helping them win, but they didn't play the defensive style that whoever assesses the Oilers defense is looking for, you know. Oh well, uh, uh, right?
0: quibble with of the year, because you're talking about different different managers in some case. I, I do I do think the Jeff Petrie situation could have been managed better. Brandon Davidson would not save the Oilers' defense. He would be no, a he'd be a six, seven, eight like some other guys. Yeah,
7: but if you if your third pairing is Benning and Davidson it's better than what we have now. And Davidson was given away for uh, a rental who, who, uh, was fine when he came in. Like, I liked what he did. And I get wanting to have Dionne for the playoff push and all that. But, and then on top of it, um, the uh, oil king, uh, uh, Reinhardt. Was uh, basically given up or sacrificed to the Golden Knights when we we um, sacrificed some major draft picks for it. Well, so no, I, you're, I you're right. Know. They
0: gave up a lot for Reinhardt. Now he's not here.
7: Yeah. So I, I, I and I, I'm not pointing the finger at Shirelli or McTavish or whatever. I don't know. We have just made bad decisions when it comes to getting good defensemen and then hanging on to the defensemen that are good because we're looking for something in the style of play. Like, obviously, Shirely likes Greiba. He was high on Greiba uh, and was sort of part of the organization that sourced Greiba in Ottawa. And Griba also has has connections to the Boston area where, you know, Shirelli also has some. So he likes the style of play of Griba, but he's not good enough. He just isn't good enough. His goal fourth percentage is always bad. And, he and you know, it's like putting Luke Gazdick on the fourth line. You can't do that in the NHL anymore, and you can't have an Eric Griba in your bottom pairing.
0: Well, I, I think Eric Griba is a – fine bottom pairing defenseman I'm not saying he's the best one in the league I, I think you, you make some good points about some of the defensemen that have been here and aren't here um, I think that discussion though would have to include the acquisitions of Secker and Larson uh, yeah, which which have which have been which have been pretty positive but it's yeah, it's, a it's, very, it's a fair discussion for sure. yeah and, 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 Larson... and a v2 uh, was another guy they went out and got and I didn't think he had a very good game tonight so we'll see
2: yeah, I mean, the problem is you're dealing with what you have now. And I think uh, he made some good points about the players that are gone. But when you're dealing with what you have right now, I, I don't know if you want two right-handed defensemen in your in your third pairing. And I don't know if either Griba or Benning plays on his offside. I mean, not a lot of players play... On their offside in defense, it's a big difference. Right. And if you've got a Benning who has not played up to his standards as of yet this season, I believe he's going to get there and have no problem. Uh, I have no worries about it. But if he's not playing up to his standards, do you flip him over to an opposite side for a defenseman that's not playing up to his standards? Just going to make it even harder for him. That's why I think when he comes back into the lineup, he will probably play with Russell. And Griben Nurse will be your third pairing, and Nurse will have to be an anchor on that to give them some stability there, if they're healthy. If they're healthy, Yeah.
0: yeah. And we'll see how guys developing. But I mean, look, I, I was arguing with some of Kent's stuff, but I also agreed with so, no. some of the things, no. uh, some so, of the things well, he said. because well, there are there are a couple guys who uh, who have gotten away for and there's and there's nothing here. There's nothing here for Reinhardt. F- fair comment for sure. Though there there are a lot of Oilers fans who didn't like the way Reinhardt
2: played, well, too. he's not there, even there playing. a lot that he did. He's yeah, I don't even think
0: he's played in Vegas has he yet? Uh, I don't think he has. No. The the Davidson one is interesting because I like Brandon Davidson. Bob said it best though, because he has the the story you know and dealing with the testicular cancer and all that. But Bob said it best. He goes, people outside of Edmonton don't care about Brandon Davidson's story. And there are a lot of defensemen with a similar skill set. And when he kind of emerged for the Oilers, he was playing well on a really bad team Mm -hmm. too. So my point with him is I understand if he were here, he would add depth. But I don't know if he plays these last three games, he totally overhauls the way they were in their own end. That I, I well, he, he's a six, I, I, number six I, right. defenseman. Is right, what he so is. that yeah. that that's what I'm saying. I'm not I'm not trying to to demean him or diminish what he can do because he be- clearly belongs in the NHL. Yeah. But I, I don't know if well if he plays tonight, everything is. Yeah,
2: and, and what the caller is pointing out is we've given away some pretty good depth defensemen, and both Reinhardt and Davidson were depth defensemen that are no longer here, and now the Oilers have a bit of a problem in the depth defenseman part. Is what he's saying. And there's a lot. He made actually a lot of the callers have made some very very good points. Oh,
0: absolutely. Oilers lose six one tonight. We have Rocket standing by. Rocket, thanks a lot for staying up, buddy. Rocket, do we have you? Hello. Yeah, go ahead, buddy. Hey
4: you know I watched uh only one of two games tonight and fortunately for me it was the Eskimo game <laughs> All right uh but uh I have been listening to the show all night and um as I usually do and uh I'm kind of curious about uh, You know, the Leon Drysaddle non-factor and how how that uh, impacted Edmonton tonight and and very, very good callers all night. Um, Every one of them has been spectacular as well. And uh, I'm just kind of uh, curious about, uh, you know, what you think about, uh, you know, missing him and... um, You know how that impacted in in, in this team, and how they're going to prepare for Carolina, which is basically identical to Ottawa.
2: Well, it's a huge loss. I mean, this is a team right now struggling to score, struggling to find. Uh, guys on the wing that can score and, and without dry subtle in the lineup you look at the right side you have uh, a 19 year old kid who's playing in his third national hockey league game who's going to be in junior probably in a week or two he's on your first line you have Cassian who's uh, a so- solid very very good fourth line winger he's playing on your second line you got slepishev who had four goals in the National Hockey League last year. He's your third-line right winger, and your fourth-line right winger is a th- number 13 forward in Packer So all of a sudden, without dry in there in your lineup, your right side is, is crying out for someone that can stand up and score a goal for you. So, yeah, with, without dry sidle this team is completely different. And that,
0: and that was one of the concerns about the team, was secondary scoring, and specifically what would come to the right side. Now, having said that, how are the left-wingers doing scoring-wise? So, uh, you know what I mean? No, you're
2: right. Well, we, we said that before. The Oilers' scoring depth uh, is not great on the wings. And someone was going to have to step up and be that guy for the Oilers. With, uh, you know, a Jordan Eberle, a guy that scored 25 every year for the Edmonton Oilers, he's gone they they were looking for a young player or someone to come in, a Strom to come in and be a goal scorer. Jokinen to get back to what he had done a couple of years ago. A Pjarvi, or close. Yeah, or close. Or Pujarvi, who, who could come in and steal a spot in the in the top six or, at worst, the top nine. And none of those have come to fruition yet. Now, again, it, it, we, we, we it, it's still four games into the season. But in those four games, we have not seen wingers on either side left or right step up and be counted on as guys that can be consistent goal scores for this team this year and they need that because they've got centermen that can move the puck and that is the main reason that leon drysettel is on the wing and that is also a big reason when he's out of the lineup the Oilers look very very short-staffed on their on their wings
0: connor mcdavid adds an assist tonight in the oilers 6-1 loss to the ottawa senators back down to the room here's the captain
1: Has looked forward uh, very much forward to improving things and playing better. And you practiced all week and come up with not much. How little are we to think of that? Yeah, I mean, just flat out not good enough. I mean, they're a good team. They play solid. I um, you know, just—it's not much else that needs to be said. We have said everything we need to say. You know, we got to start the results. Practice hard for three weeks or for three days and structure. Film and all that and was there improvements in the game that we just couldn't see? <laughs> you know what, uh it's tough to say. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll see tomorrow again in video and we'll uh, reevaluate. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else that uh, needs to be said. We just gotta be better. Uh, the time for talk is over. We just gotta get results. I mean, yeah.
2: That's it. Yep. Great, right. that's Connor McDavid.
0: Yep, thanks, Brendan. Short and sweet from Connor McDavid. Oilers get rung up tonight, six one by the Senators, zero six63 We have uh, Sergeant Bennett on the line. Sergeant Hello. Bennett, thanks for calling. Can you hear me? We can hear you.
3: Actually, uh, you kind of, I'm Sergeant Major. You you bust me down two ranks.
0: <laughs> okay, sorry about that.
3: <laughs> Not a big deal. Listen, I got a question for you. What do you think we should do about our D? I mean, first and foremost, I love my Oilers. I mean, our Oilers—they're—they're—they're they're, uh, they're having a tough time. It's four games in. Um, we pulled Talbot in
4: two games,
3: but I'm kind of concerned about our defense. Like, what should we do about our D?
2: Well. To be honest, I mean, there, there have been some defic- deficiencies on the back. And, and Todd McClellan's come out and talked about uh, a, a guy, say, like a Matt Benning, who is going to play top four minutes until Sakura gets back, hasn't been as good as Matt Benning can be. And I believe Matt Benning will get there. And hopefully it'll be against Carolina, because I would fully expect he's going to be in the lineup. But the w- reason that Cam Talbot is getting pulled cannot solely been put be put on the defense. This is, as Todd talked about it, and the players have talked about it, this is everybody. It is the Oilers turning the puck over at the wrong places. Uh, miscommunication between the Ford and the Demon. Forward's missing their, their checks in their own zone. Ford's not getting pucks out. So it, it is the defensive lapses that we have are not all, all on the six defensemen that are dressed each night. A lot of it is on the, is on the forwards as well. It's unfortunate. There's a lot of times when a mistake has happened and it's made by a defenseman, it's much easier to spot because usually there's a goal scoring chance right after that mistake. But there's been a lot of um, play by the forwards that has not been the detail oriented play that was that made this team successful last year so uh the the defense this is not all on them this is not all on cam tal but this is a team thing right now this team is not playing anywhere near as good as they're capable of playing
0: all right 6-1 the senators take it tonight we're going to bring you the news and weather here at midnight todd and robert we got you on hold anybody else on hold everybody's getting in